When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Wow, that was quite a wind we had, and we have a little bit of damage in rural Saskatchewan. Of course, we've just got a few sketchy details, but it looks like the bin uh, two annexes have been damaged at Pence and a train derailed near Park Bay, about 125 kilometers straight west of Regina on the CP Rail mainline. We also take a look at markets and rising grain prices. Analyst Errol Anderson says prices may be on the rise until spring. It's a two-part piece. He also takes a look at cattle prices. Real Agriculture talks with an agricultural economist with FCC and takes a look at the coming year for farmers. Wheat growers advise farmers to get involved with the new code of practice being developed for grain farming. And we have a market outlook on canary seed. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Strong winds gusting to 126 kilometers an hour in Regina and sometimes higher in rural Saskatchewan caused some significant damage. Pictures posted online of the grain elevator at Pence 30 kilometers roughly west of Regina, show a tall metal annex has been blown over completely. A second metal annex is damaged, showing major dents. And we also have a report of a train derailed near Parkbeg, about 125 kilometers west of Regina, on the CP Rail mainline. A grain market analyst says strong demand from China has been pushing up prices early in the new year. Errol Anderson said yesterday that a USDA crop report also raised concern and pushed up prices further. We're in an amazing circumstance right now. Uh, we've got a key buyer, China, that is uh, just buying everything they can get their hands on uh, from South America into North America. And they're cleaning out the shelves, like the shelves, uh, soybean shelves in the States are basically going to be bare this year. Uh, canola is going to be extremely tight. Uh, we had a, a quite a shock in the USDA report uh, yesterday when uh, the U.S. government decided to cut the corn yields, uh, three bushels an acre, down to 172 per acre in the month of January. We've never seen that before when a government has adjusted the yields this late in the game. Um, and, of course, the corn market went uh, limit up 25 cents. Uh, overnight, it went limit up again another 25 cents. Uh, so we have got a situation where uh, we're going to be simply short of grain. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not just canola that's uh, moving higher. It's, it's really quite broad-based. We're going to see the wheat markets have been strengthening the CPS red. Uh, the milling wheat uh, barley market has just been absolutely on fire. 
So we're the top of this. We're not sure. The market is going to be straining until the demand stops. And this whole situation is to reduce the demand. Uh, and uh, at some point, once the sales are completed, the buyers will stop buying and the market will fail. But right now, it feels like this canola market could potentially move higher yet. Uh, we've seen top-end bids move uh, $16 uh, plus right now for spring movement. Um, you know, the futures on the March uh, have pushed into that $690 a metric ton. So um, it, the guns are still blazing, and we really don't know where the highs are just yet. Trade tensions between Canada and China disrupted canola sales last year, but Anderson says the Chinese are still buying Canadian canola. Oh, sure. You know, it's, it's going through different networks. Um, but uh, the bottom line is that China uh, is, is at food risk. And uh, they've got a situation where they need uh, a good new crop. Uh, they need South America to regenerate uh, their crop. Um, and so we have uh, the uh, El Nino situation, the La Nina situation that has uh, created um, drought conditions in Argentina um, and uncertainty into the American Midwest. So with these uncertainties, I think the market will be on alert as we head into the spring market. The big question right now is acres. With the corn market flaring the way it is, where are the acres going to come from to satisfy this demand? So we have to look into the northern U.S. side, into the spring wheat acres. So if there's a battle for spring wheat to turn it over to other crops, that suggests that the Minneapolis spring wheat could move higher as well. Anderson was asked about any weak commodity prices. Well, I guess if you talk about a weak commodity, I would, I would say the, the edible pea market right now, the yellows are, are fairly stable. The green pea market actually has been coming down. Uh, so those markets, the uh, yellow uh, bids uh, are in that $9, $9.25 per bushel range. The greens, which were as high as $11 earlier uh, in the fall, uh, have now slipped down toward $9. And again, that's uh, uh, demand from India has slowed. Uh, India is regenerating their pulse crop. and But this is a different market. Uh, as far as the wheat side, um, CPS uh, red wheat bids have moved into that $7 up to about seven fifty per bushel. This is just remarkable. Uh, for higher protein uh, milling wheat, uh, the bids have moved up into that $8 range. Uh, again, we believe this is a, a pretty good pricing spot uh, for the market. What could happen is that we could see the futures spike, but the basis levels will suddenly widen out. So uh, we saw that in 2008 when we saw a spike then, and uh, this could be the situation coming up as we head into the spring market. Errol Anderson is with Pro Market Communications in Calgary. Coming up, he talks more about China and the cattle market. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Grain market analyst Errol Anderson says grain markets should remain relatively firm into spring. Anderson says China has been buying grain across North and South America, and so far there's no sign of any halt to purchases. Well, they need these crops. Um, they, they've got a massive population that... Uh, uh, is now uh, finding that their reserves have been drained down. So for now, I think as we head into the, the spring market, uh, the market should be fairly firm. Now, the one question mark is the commodity funds. Commodity funds have been building a huge long position in these markets. They're record positions. After yesterday's USDA bullish corn report, the funds just added more long positions. 
Now, at some point, when they start to liquidate, we will see a downturn in this market, and it'll be rather sharp. But where that is, I don't think the market knows right now. Looking at livestock, Anderson says prices are starting to move upward. Well, the cash pits are moving gradually higher. Uh, the Alberta fat prices have moved uh, above a dollar forty per pound now. Um, the feeder cattle futures, unfortunately, this week with a spike in the corn, uh, have spooked the feeder cattle uh, lower. And uh, that's the market that's really having a tough go at the moment. The Fed market, the beef demand is actually quite strong. And uh, packers are going into full shifts now. So the demand, we believe, until late uh, January and into February is going to be quite strong. So the bargaining power on the Fed market is starting to shift toward the feeder. Um, and But the packers are still making great money. But uh, the feeders are probably the weak link. The cow market um, also is firming up. Uh, we've seen this market move up above five to seven cents per pound on cows. Uh, we believe that the strength in the D1, D2 prices should firm up into about mid-February. Errol Anderson is with Pro Market Communications. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. It is 2021. It is underway. Craig Clemmer, he is an economist with Farm Credit Canada. Bern Tobin from Real Agriculture had a chance to catch up with him and talk about the year ahead economically. Here's their discussion. It's early January, and we're trying to get a sense of what 2021 has in store for agriculture. And to help us with that question, today I'm joined by Craig Clemmer uh, from Farm Credit Canada. Um, he's FCC's principal agricultural economist, and we're going to ask him for his outlook and what farmers will be facing um, over the next 12 months from an economic perspective. Uh, hi, Craig. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Craig, uh, you spoke this week at the Ontario Agricultural Conference, and, and you covered a lot of ground. And uh, So let's start uh, with an economic outlook. outlook. Uh, we're expecting uh, what you termed a mixed recovery, uh, maybe a 4% growth in GDP, but we have a lot to, of ground to make up from 2020, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we think about the the recovery, we're, we're you know that's the perspective of the the global recovery uh, from the pandemic. So COVID nineteen has has really negatively impacted uh, economies around the world. And uh, you know, when we look at where we are, where we saw overall GDP growth decline about four um, percent. So when we think about the mixed recovery and the impact for Canadian agriculture and food, uh, it's a bit of a mixed recovery. We see. Um, you know, economies are starting or expected to grow as, you know, as vaccine comes out and we see economies opening up and, and hopefully we do see that traction through 2021. Um, you know, there's a lot of ground that countries need to make up. If we think about the European Union, uh, GDP declined around 7%. If we think about the United States, we're around 3-4%. Uh, Canada here, we're, you know, 5-6% decline uh, in 2020. So, you know, for 2021, <clears throat> we're really looking at recovering 
from from those large declines that we did experience in 2020. And that's going to create some opportunities, um, but maybe some of those opportunities aren't as quite as great uh, moving forward either as, as the economies take a little bit of while to, to gain traction. Mm. Now, in your growth targets and things you discussed, you noted that China is expecting you know, an, an 8% growth in GDP. Um, does that spell opportunity for grain and livestock markets? You, you, you mentioned, obviously, China's really rebuilding their, their hog herd, for example. Yeah, I mean, when we think about exports to China, agriculture is is always front and center in in those export opportunities. So when we look at GDP growth of around eight percent in in China, I do think that those are opportunities for Canadian agriculture, and we're seeing it right now in the marketplace. If we think about pea exports, we think about uh, barley exports, uh, strong demand there, uh, and strong demand in feed generally, helping to boost up uh, commodity prices in North America. So yeah, those strong growth numbers in in China is going to translate to increase demand for food it's going to demand you know the larger hog herd is going to increase demand for for uh, feed grains um, from North America and Canada specifically and and those are going to be opportunities for Canadian agriculture when we think about the livestock side of the picture it's, it's going to be probably a little bit more mixed um, as they are building their hog herd does that mean uh, they're able to um, soften some exports um, from from the global economy um, or other exporting nations and and what does that do for overall pig prices but you know it's going to be I think I feel overall it's going to boost export opportunities for Canadian agriculture in 2021. Hmm. Let's talk about uh, the role of the Canadian government uh, and, and how it, what it will play in the recovery. Of course, uh, there was big spending in 2020, a $400 billion deficit. We're likely to see more deficit spending in 2021. How could that support agriculture? Well, I mean, you know, what we've seen so far is the government has been spending significant amount of monies to protect households and and the the decline in in incomes that they're experiencing and and also to try to and not try to protect Canadian businesses as best they can in these unprecedented times. Uh, when we move forward, what does this mean in terms of spending and, and opportunities? Well, the idea of the stimulus spending is to get Canada back to work, get the economy back on st- solid footing, and you know develop those strategies to to get us back to to capacity. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill Seventy Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Pulled Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer Bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. It's your Agra Weather Forecast. On the source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Today, periods of light snow and blowing snow. Wind northwest 50, gusting to 70. The temperature steady near minus 4. The low, minus 11. Friday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, becoming light in the morning, a high minus 6 tomorrow, wind chill minus 19 tomorrow morning, minus 10 in the afternoon, the low minus 8. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 1, the low minus 10. Sunday, increasing cloudiness, the high minus 4. Evening flurries Sunday and a low minus 5. Monday, periods of snow, the high minus 3, the low minus 9. 
Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5, the low minus 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy, and the high minus 2. Normal high for this date, minus 11, the normal low, minus 23. The sun rose at 8.54 this morning. It sets at 5.22 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at minus 1. The cold spot up north, Uranium City at minus 14. Estevan minus 2, Saskatoon minus 3, Swift Current minus 4, Weyburn minus 3, Yorkton is minus 2. In Regina with drifting snow this hour, it's minus 3 degrees. That's 26 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 49, gusting to 61. Humidity is 77%, the problem arising 101.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 3, winds are from the northwest at 49, gusting to 63. Once again, Regina drifting snow on minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association is urging producers to provide input on a code of practice being developed by the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Crops. Saskatchewan Director Jeff Bennett says it's called Responsible Grain. I think it's important that farmers understand how this could impact their business first of all. Uh, the code itself is a voluntary code, so um, its data would be collected through polling and all data would be aggregate. But the code of, code of practice itself has some very interesting um, content in it that we as an organization and myself as a farmer definitely want to have even more farmer input than it already has because this only affects farmers. Um, all the recommended, recommended practices and required practices that are included in this only affect the farmer. Bennett was asked if he has any concerns about the program. Well, the, the, some of the interesting points are some of the, um, the recommended practices seem to be a little more um, farmer-friendly than the required ones, which is interesting in itself. But um, obviously, as, as the code of practice would be voluntary, the, the threat, I guess, is that it would become mandatory and used by the government to implement some mandatory regulations and impose them on farmers themselves. That's the first red flag that I sort of thought maybe it's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but with the government in power right now, you never really know. And so I think that the best, the best point moving forward is to make this work for farmers, have it be, you know, practices that they're already doing to showcase instead of change what practices we're doing so, like I said, the more the more farmer involvement in this, the better, and uh, hopefully they listen. Bennett was asked if the code of practice includes assuring consumers about chemical use on the farm and its safety. Absolutely, chemicals are number one expensive. Um, no farmer wants to over apply or have that chemical not be completely effective in its application. So, um, not that concern isn't warranted, um, but it's it's in the farmer's best interest to apply it by the guidelines, practices that are already law by the label of the chemical. 
And I think that if you can capture that in a code of practice, just that, you know, when we're handling it, that we are being safe for our own safety, um, as well as the environment, that all falls into things that we're already doing. And obviously the chemical residue dissipates and leaves the crop in a safe condition. Right, and following pre-harvest intervals, um, you know, when you're when you're killing weeds in the crop before before harvest, before you take it off, those all need to be followed. And I think that we as farmers know that, and most of us, hopefully all of us, follow those those regulations that are already in place. And is there a deadline to submit comments about this? The sooner the better. Obviously, I think that the the, the code of practice people, the responsible grains, have have added more sessions, which is incredibly positive. So. Um, the more they know, I think the only the only uh, concern, I guess, as far as a timeline, is that they have enough time to take all this information that's being put forward to them again um, from farmers to be able to get it in place before their deadlines that they have. And I know they have some some spring to to end of year deadlines for having this code be in place. So uh, the sooner the better, I think, for for them and for us to be able to. You know, have something, have something that works for everyone in this. Submissions can be made at responsiblegrain.ca. Jeff Bennett is a Saskatchewan director with the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. He farms near Dodgeland. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesasks.ca. There are some questions about canary seed acres being planted this spring in Saskatchewan. This week, analyst Chuck Penner of Leftfield Commodities told an online audience that last year, even strong 25 cent per pound bids did not generate more canary acres. So for 2021, he says the jury is out. I'm expecting an increase, and I'm probably too cautious in that in here, uh, going to about 290,000 acres, which is up... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember now, six or eight percent, something like that. That may be too cautious. And again, I'd love to hear from from anybody who has ideas uh, otherwise. Um, so that would put us, um, if we have an average yield, which is what we've been running, we've been running very, very stable yields uh, over the last number of years. So if we have a stable um, yield again uh, this next year, what that means is uh, our carryout, our small our small carryover into next year, plus this, even though the crop will be up a little bit, um, means that supplies uh, has a potential for tighter, even tighter supplies next year. In Penner's analysis, tight carryover means the market really needs those acres and higher yields. Um, again, a lot is riding on the size of that acreage increase this next year. And then, of course, the uh, the weather situation. And I don't remember if I have a uh, weather map in here, but there are, when you look at the, the latest, the December 31st soil moisture conditions for the prairies, there's a big red and brown patch uh, across much of Saskatchewan and, and western Manitoba, but in terms of canary seed acres, there's a big brown patch where, where soil moisture is, is very, very low. Um, and so that's a concern for not just canary seed, but a whole lot of crops. Um, and so we, we need we need snow, we need rain in spring, uh, all of those kind of things um, for for canary 
uh, to maintain even even decent supplies. Again, Penner reminds us about the uncertainties of the grain market. Not It doesn't always reflect what's happening with supply levels, but it's pretty certain that if we have supply levels down around 180, 190,000 tons, uh, then that's going to keep prices elevated. And uh, so, so a fairly strong price outlook. And again, if we have a much bigger acreage increase, if it goes up 20%, um, well, then that changes things. But, uh, but based on a fairly modest increase, that's where, uh, that's where the, the best odds are that we'd end up. 2019 was the high water mark for recent Saskatchewan Canary Acres at about 290,000 total. But total supply would remain relatively low at 180,000 metric tons. Penner says that leaves the projected balance sheet quite tight, which in turn limits export potential. Once we get that vessel bought for the open uh, for the opening of seaway navigation, then we'll be get quieter again. You know, we kind of could see a bit of uh, sideways action back to that. And then the seasonal bump will depend on how much coverage has been already maintained for those spring shipments. For next year, stronger bids will mean more acres, but how many more? That's the question. Really, no competition or not much competition from Argentina. Exports are expected to hopefully get to average if we have a decent production, but a firm price outlook unless we have acres responding in, in a much bigger way. As of August 1st this year, it is expected canary seed will be covered under the Canada Grain Act bonding provisions. Penner does not see that proposed change would impact the canary seed markets. And as a footnote, he's asked about his projections for other related commodities. Um, I think for red lentils, for example, I think the bids were that I had seen already were around the 20, where are we, 22 cents uh, for reds. I've seen them ranging from 21 to 23. For Durham, um, averaging around 750, 760 in that ballpark. Uh, I'm trying to think of the crops in the same areas where canary seed has grown more heavily. Large green lentils, I had those in at 26 and a half, and that was, again, just my my guess uh, because I hadn't, at the time, I hadn't seen anything coming out yet. So, um, yeah. And you put, you put in cannoli in probably at 11.50 or 12 bucks a bushel? Well, it is by now. When we when we ran this when we ran this, uh, it was a little while ago, uh, and a lot whole lot has changed in the canola market since then. Yeah. Chuck Penner spoke this week online for the Saskatoon Cropsphere Conference. The market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source six twenty CKRM. Market update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall's Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call one 284 9999 and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading. Canola fell 9.80 at 6.36.27. Number one red spring wheat gained 3.77 at 2.7103. The rest were unchanged. Durham 2.9946. Feed barley 2.3470. Flax 7.2937. Lentils five seventy two fifty, oats two twenty nine fifty three, yellow peas three forty eight eighty nine, feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. On the Minneapolis Grand Exchange, March red spring wheat was up nine and three quarter cents at six thirty eight and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. 
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. Hello, Catalan. Junior for Heartland Livestock Services of Yorkton with your market report for the week of January 13th. We had a big run on offer this week with 3357 in the pre-sort and 400,000 bulls in the regular sale for a total of 3757 On the feeder market, we saw the light cattle trending steady to a little higher. The heavier cattle at this time, 750 pounds and up, were under a little bit of pressure. Here are a few results of this week's sale. 158 black steers, 562 pounds at 218 636 pounds at $2.75. 711 pound steers at a buck eighty three fifty. Buckskin steers, 573 pounds at 218.50, 639 pounds at 203, 716 pounds at a buck 89. On the red X steers, 571 pounds at 214, 641 pounds at a buck 95.50, and 711 pounds at a buck 82.75. The heifers are still trending, 20 to 25 cents back from the steers. Black heifers, 635 at a buck 71 and a quarter, 648 at a dollar 76.50, and red X heifers, 630. Five pounds at a buck sixty-nine. On the cow and bull trade this week, our cows averaged sixty-eight with a high of eighty. D one, D two cows sixty-nine to seventy-six. D three is fifty-five to sixty-three. The bulls averaged ninety-seven fifty with a high of a dollar ten. Also, producers, our bread cow slated for this Friday has been canceled due to the weather and road conditions. Our next cow sale is on January 29th at 11 a.m. With most of these cows going to this sale, we'll have 400 head in our next sale. Please go to our website for complete details of the sales listings. Next Friday, January 22nd, is our monthly sheep and goat sale. We will be receiving Thursday from noon to late and Friday up to 11 o'clock sale time. Our horse sale is also on Friday at 3 p.m. In closing, I would like to remind our producers that our pre-search is filling up and we will not turn anyone away. Once again, thank you and have a great day. And the latest pork prices, 154.10 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. The Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers is forecasting a 14% hike in capital spending this year in the oil and natural gas industry. The association says its members say they intend to spend about $27.3 billion, compared with total investment of about $24 billion last year. CAP CEO Tim McMillan says the increase in spending this year can be read as the start of a long road to economic recovery for the natural gas and oil industry and the Canadian economy. In January 2019, CAP had estimated 2020 spending would be about $37 billion, but that was before an international price war and a drop in demand due to COVID-19. On the markets, Canada's main stock index climbed higher in late morning trading, driven by gains in the technology, energy and metals and mining sectors, while the loonie rose to top 79 cents U.S. The TSX Composite Index was up 66 points at 18,001. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 132 points at 31,193. The Canadian dollar traded at 79.04 cents U.S. compared with 78.68 cents Wednesday. The February crude oil contract was down 27 cents at 52.64 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch. The place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th. 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farm. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.